Chapter Ten of Peggy's Trial by Mary Knight Potter. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Leanne Howlett. The Rescue and Return. During this time, Ted and Harry had gone forlornly home. As Peggy supposed, they found there neither nurse nor father. It was nearly six o'clock when the doctor arrived. In a very few minutes his two unhappy, excited boys had told him the day's troubles. "'You got here at three o'clock?' he exclaimed in dismay. "'She must have taken the four-thirty train for Scranton, then.' Without stopping for any more particulars, he rang up the stationmaster on the telephone. Peggy, came the reply, had not been seen there at all. "'She must be lost, then,' thought the doctor." But to be lost in Perrytown was much less terrible than to be wandering the streets of a city like Scranton. Jim was ordered back with the horse and sleigh, and with two lighted lanterns they set out on a search. They drove rapidly down the street Peggy had first taken. Here they hardly looked at all. Before long, however, the road to the station swung off to the left. The main highway, on the contrary, kept straight on, and here was where Dr. Clayton thought Peggy might have made a mistake. With a lantern in each hand, he got out and examined the tracks in the snow on both sides. Finally, on the main road, he found some small footprints, and beside one of them a few big crumbs of gingerbread. This decided him to try that direction first. Every once in a while they saw the small prints in the snow, and at last they came to Mr. Haskell's barn. The tracks led up to the little door. With his heart beating a hard tattoo, Dr. Clayton picked up a lantern and jumped before the horse had stopped. At first, like Peggy, he saw nothing but deep shadows. Then the light from the lantern fell full upon the barouche. A few wide strides brought the doctor beside it, and there, curled up in the furry robe, was Peggy, fast asleep. The gleams from the lantern showed a very pale little face where the tears had scarcely yet dried. Her father leaned over her tenderly with a big gulp in his throat. Very gently he lifted the robe, and then with great care picked up the sleeping child. She stirred uneasily a moment, but the day had been too hard for anything much short of a bomb to waken her now. Sound asleep in his arms she stayed till they entered their own front door. Ted and Harry, who had been waiting in a very fever of anxiety, rushed out into the hall. Before they could be hushed, their wild hurrahs succeeded in reaching even Peggy's sleeping ears. While she was still only half conscious, her father carried her into the office and shut the boys out. Peggy's first thought, when she was once fairly awake, was one of surprise at finding herself on the office couch. Generally, when she woke up, it was in her own little room. Generally, too, it was morning. Now the lighted lamps showed it must be night. She turned over perplexedly and lifted herself up by her elbow. Then she saw her father sitting beside her. Hello, Daddy. She smiled sleepily. How did I get here? For the moment she had entirely forgotten all the day's experiences. Instead of answering, Dr. Clayton bent and kissed her, took her up in his arms, and sat down in a big chair before the open fire. By that time she was beginning to remember. "'Why,' she said hesitatingly, 
I was in Mr. Haskell's barn, and, and I ran away. Oh, she started up with a gasp. Has the stepmother come? Peggy. There was something in her father's tone that quieted her at once. For how many years have you been my little daughter? I'll be eleven next May, she answered softly. How many times in those years has father beaten you? Why, never. Peggy snuggled closer to him. What has he ever done to show that he hated any of his children? Never done anything. Peggy's face was flame color, but she looked squarely into her father's eyes. Do you think he loves you all or not? Dr. Clayton's tone was very deep and tender, and the child's heart began to beat painfully. I know you love us dearly, she whispered, and, and I didn't run away from you, Daddy. I was afraid of the stepmother. Peggy, if I love my children, how could I let anyone else be bad to them? But, but, her voice was broken. But Nurse says all stepmothers are bad, and Cora May's grandmother told her they make fathers hate their children. Dr. Clayton smoothed back Peggy's rumpled hair. If that was true, little maid, what kind of a father would I be if I ever let a stepmother come near you? Peggy choked. Nurse and everybody says you are going to marry a stepmother and... and... Nobody could be nice who would take my own dear mother's place away from her. It had all come out in a burst. A deep flush spread over her father's face. For a minute he stared at the fire without speaking. Then he turned his eyes to Peggy's wretched little countenance, and he smiled tenderly. End of chapter 10